This next bit of teaching is going to be on Jubilee that we've been talking about. So there's that joy right. that we're talking about again. Well, I had to kind of set it up because we had to go through Shemitah first before we yeah. got to Jubilee. But yeah. the whole point again is we're, we're looking at this whole concept of Pentecost. You know, you count 49 days and the 50th is Pentecost. And Jubilee or Yovel is years instead of days. So mm -hmm. clearly... We're going to look at all the different tie-ins with that. And I got to say, when I when I saw this, this was, again, from some rabbis. And I went, hmm. You know, rabbis, you know, there's not like our our English way of teaching. You don't sit there and listen. You just, it's a discussion. Oh, yeah. And so it makes you just have to, it makes you think and search and go. And then, which I love. This is just built for that. So, all right. Let's talk about the year of Jubilee, how it connects to, to Pentecost. So let's learn and discover some things about Pentecost beyond what we think we know. So two things first. Israel doesn't currently observe the year of Jubilee because those rabbis, they always change the rules. They say <laughs> that all 12 tribes must be living in the allotted lands in order for the Jubilee year to be observed. All right, they never were in their allotted. Even when they had allotted lands, they didn't stay there. So nice try on that one. And second, Yovel only applies in the actual land of Israel. So I don't want you to, you know, try to do this in Duluth. All right, so this is uh, specifically for that there is a spiritual aspect, obviously. Leviticus 25. Okay, you, you count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself. Seven times seven years. That's 49. The next year is the, the 50th. You consecrate the 50th year. Proclaim liberty throughout the land to all inhabitants. That's what happened to me this year. We, Kelly and uh, Corey and Jake, declared liberty. And yes, had you, liberty. Yes, you did. Day after day after day. Yes. That's her name, by the way. Uh, <laughs> love being a grandpa. It shall be a jubilee for you. And it's been like a jubilee, too. Each of you shall return to his possession. Each of you shall return to his family. You shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your untended vine. For it's a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its produce from the field. Don't you love... I don't know about you, but this is the way I grew up in teaching and stuff. Holy holiness was not a uh, holiness was what you didn't do, but to God, holiness is what He gives you. Yes, He supplies to you. You shall eat the produce from the field because He's going to produce it. It's holy. Wow, I just mm. I love when you see things from God's perspective and it just awakens yes. something. Yes. So, in the Jubilee or Yovel year. All the laws of Shemitah were in effect, those ones that are the seven-year things, plus, this is what added, hereditary uh, property was returned to its original family. Think about this. Even if it had been sold because of misfortune, poverty, or to pay off a debt, and in case you're wondering, because <laughs> it would be something I would wonder, the nearness, the closer you got to Jubilee, determined the value of the land. Because if you were just a few years away, you wouldn't want to pay full price for land that you're about to lose. The land would sell for much less because it'd be returned to its original owners. Wow. Yeah. So that's the concepts of Jubilee. So Yovel, the Jubilee, and the first Pentecost at Sinai, when they got the law, accomplished three things. Number one, slaves were set free. That's what happens in Jubilee. And they had just been set from, free from Egypt, right? Those who lost ancestral land are returned to it where they belong. Well, see... They were set free from Egypt so they could come back to their land. So it was a jubilee, too. And mm. their ancestral land is returned to them. God was sending them into the land to destroy all their enemies so their land would be returned to them. So when you talk about jubilee, you pretty much have to combine the look at Pentecost at the time at Sinai because that's what was happening. Yeah. He was jubileeing them. He was releasing them. 
Now, notice the language God uses here. The land must not be sold permanently, Israel, that is, because the land is mine. Mm. And you reside in my land as foreigners and strangers. We are all continually on a pilgrimage. See, throughout this verse again, throughout the land that you hold as a possession, you must provide for the redemption of the land. So you never get to own it. You still can buy property in Israel and literally own it. You can think you do. You can feel like you do. You can have a deed and all that, but you don't actually own it. You can just live on it. Basically, mm. is how that works. So if you ever buy land in Israel, you're not really buying it. We're told to proclaim liberty throughout the land. Liberty for the people and liberty for the land. See, it's a homecoming. The land, this is really a very Jewish thing, or really a God thing. The land is seen as one of the family. When it's sold, it's no longer free. God mm. gives it rest by returning it to the rest of the family. I think that's very cool. Yes. When we're set free from bondage and return home, we're actually returning to God's land, not our own. He's the owner and the provider, our father and bridegroom and our comforter. We're safe and cared for. I mean, I wish that we would look at things that way, our home, our family, all the things we could continue to get it and stay in our brains. Not mine, not mine, not mine. We, <laughs> we would benefit greatly. It's kind of like a lease agreement for everyone, rich and poor alike. It protects the rights of each person and prevented land and wealth from being accumulated in the hands of a powerful few while the majority remain powerless. But there is a lot to the actual words that God uses here. As a reminder, we're trying to see if Yeovil Jubilee has any impact on Pentecost, since mm. they are somewhat similar in the counting process. As it turns out, there are several other areas that overlap beyond the similar counting the 49 days and years. The first one is the phrase we just talked about. There are only two places that God ever says, for all the earth or land is mine. That phrase, Kila Kalares, he says it at the first Pentecost at Sinai. Well, all of it's mine. Mm. Exodus 19. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So that's the first time he says it. First Pentecost. Then the same phrase is repeated for Jubilee. Leviticus 25. The land shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine. You're strangers and sojourners with me. So your special treasures who are sojourners and strangers. That's the first thing that connects these two things, accounting, and this is really the second thing. The word Yovel, Jubilee, is only used 27 times in scriptures. Hmm. 21 times it's used as the word Jubilee for, you know, describing the year Jubilee. So that means there's only six other times that Yovel is used that could impact Pentecost. Will it? Hmm. Interestingly enough, the very first time the word Yovel was used in the Torah was not at Jubilee. I guess you could probably figure it out, right? Pentecost, the first Pentecost at Mount Sinai. Exodus 19 at Mount Sinai and Pentecost. Remember when everybody was afraid? God blew a ram's horn trumpet to say it was safe for the people to approach him on the mountain. People may go up the mountain only when the ram's horn or Yovel sounds a long blast. It's the word for ram's horn. That's a very specific ram's horn. The ram's horn was the word Yovel. So in a sense, the first Pentecost was also the first year of Jubilee. Mm. We explained it all, but it's actually there verbiage-wise, too. Uh, it was the first year of Jubilee Yovel because it was the year Israel became former slaves when God brought them out, Shemitah them, released them from bondage in Egypt, 
to return to their own land as he promised Abraham. So that is definite a link, right? Yeah. So what's it all about? Pentecost, or Yeovil then, Pentecost, Yeovil now, the law was on stone to stony hearts. Now, law written on our hearts of flesh. Yes. Back then, fire on Sinai. Fire above our heads and our minds now. Many languages heard, many languages spoken, tongues. Power in a cloud and a pillar in an ark, power inside of us. The wheat harvest, witnesses prophesying in Jerusalem to the ends of the earth. Offerings on an altar, offerings on a permanent pilgrimage. Glory hidden behind a veil, glory revealed as the veil is removed. Mm. Liberty, release, restored families, restored lands. I think, yeah, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, I think there's some serious linkages there between Pentecost and the year Jubilee. And I think we've sold Pentecost a bit short. I think there's more to it than we've let on. There's definitely more.